Hi, my name is Felicia Funzler and I am the owner and founder of B2A Ladies. Today, I will be discussing finding and working with sponsors. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back to another episode. This has got to be up there as possibly maybe in the top three requested episodes, not just from pageant contestants, but also from businesses within the pageant industry um, that do get a little bit frustrated with how they are approached by ladies within the industry to be sponsored. Um, So I'm really hoping that we can help both sides of the situation here. and get you thinking a little bit more about how you can be finding better sponsors, more correct sponsors for you, what you can be adding to the situation, and et cetera, et cetera. And what should be expected of you when you're working with a sponsor and how to build that kind of things up. If you have any additional questions after this episode, please, please, please come and find us over on social media. We are very active on Instagram and Facebook. Um, We also have a weekly room on Clubhouse on Thursday evenings. If you need a Clubhouse invite, please hit us up because we have a small stash of invites to the app um, that we are happy to share with pageant ladies that want to come and join our Thursday room. Um, So just reach out. But as always, if you've got any questions, you can always hit us up via email, which is pageantland at gmail.com. And welcome, Felicia. So lovely. I've never had you on the podcast, have I? We have when we did the introduction to the team. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. I I count it. Okay. Okay. Okay, so proper one-on-one though, um, because you and I are quite passionate about this, because I think we both have sought sponsors as contestants, but we've both also been at the receiving end, Um, me through the fitness and through Pageantland, because even in the early days of Pageantland, I was getting requests for sponsorship, Um, and and obviously you through B2A Ladies. Um, Well, not obviously, because people don't necessarily you do that. So um, let's start with that. Um, Who are you? What's your connection with pageantry, uh, pageant land? And also, what do you do with your business? That means you do get hit up as a sponsor, potential sponsor. Yeah. So as everyone's now aware, my name is Felicia and I have been within the pageant industry for nine years, going on 10. And I've been a contestant um, and I've almost done every single UK pageant um but in 2019 I started my own business called Better to Alpha Ladies which is a female empowerment group um well it was a group now it's a business it's a charity incorporated company and when I started it I wanted it to be all about empowerment and counseling and how everybody can become their best self. Uh, so I offered sessions on personal development, business development, 
And when ladies within the industry now knew that I had my own company, one of the first things that I'd start getting was a lot of, are you doing sponsorships? And I hadn't considered it as I was just new to actually running a business and owning a business. And I was, I considered it, but now it's a solid no. So that is my backstory. Yeah, it's, um, I just feel really awkward when people message me about sponsorship through Pageant Land because of course we would love to sponsor every pageant okay. girl. Um, and it is actually built into our, our sort of future plans that eventually Pageant Land wants to be able to help sponsor national title holders. But as we are yeah. here for the whole UK pageant industry, we just can't sponsor girls at regional level. Um, it just wouldn't be fair. No. Like how, how would you even select that? Um, whereas eventually there is going to be some sort of financial backing to our national title holders going off to international competition. And um, for the moment, we do sponsor a couple of pageants, um, which I don't know if people are aware of. Um, and we will be putting more up on our Instagram about the pageants that we do sponsor. Um, but we are setting up, um, again, a policy because it's easier just to have a policy in place and be like this is the policy we follow it helps you take I guess takes emotion out of it of going when people try and tug at those heartstrings because that can be really tricky um so I'm hoping with today's episode that maybe it will help people think about who they're approaching and and better ways of approaching sort of better potential sponsors um, and things and the problem also is that people still won't read the policies that is that is the whole purpose of this is also for people to be aware that when they're approaching businesses they have to read such things because I can bet you now when I was looking for sponsors one of the things that I'd always do is go in the about section and their policies and what they were actually uh, willing to do for their community their charities and things like that but 90% of uh, of pageant girls do not read the policies that uh, companies have and well, even with pageant land yeah well yeah. it's interesting you say that because I hadn't actually thought about putting it out on the website but uh, it was going to be an internal policy so when people came to us we could refer to it but I think actually yeah we should put it on the website and um, because then we can encourage people to read that I mean we have more about our backstory and things on there so if people are ever confused about what we what we are and what we do then that's on there and um, sort of our aims and objectives and things um are in there under our meet the team section but um yeah I like the idea of actually putting our policy on the website although like you said not everyone will read it um but at least we can say it's there and that we stand we stand by it um yes things um so I think the first place to start really is with building relationships um I know for probably every one pageant girl that messages me asking about finding sponsors I get a message from a pageant company saying how do I deal with this message this like copy and paste um because quite often we see pageant systems yes they give you a copy and paste blurb they say send this to sponsors and they'll send you money no they won't they won't (laughs) way more more rejection letters than possible um I mean (laughs) I'm sounding like moaning Minnie already, but um, 
I would very much like to see pageant directors removing the term sponsorship fee. Sponsorship, It's an entrance fee. It's an entrance fee that can be paid for by sponsorship. It's not a sponsorship fee. I don't like that terminology because, um, and we're going to dig into this later, because it ends up making you feel bad if you don't have a sponsor. And um, like I said, we'll dig into that more in a minute, but I would personally like to see that removed. Um, But this copy and paste of a, a standard thing is just not going to work. There's a certain amount of it, don't get me wrong, certain amount of it you can copy and paste, but you need to be building the relationships first. And um, so I'll open up that first question to you is what are some of the best practices you've seen when it comes to building relationships with, with businesses, even just because you like them, let alone because you want to go to them for sponsorship? Yeah, so the first thing that I've always done is research them. Because once I actually knew what they're about, I knew that whether I could align myself, my personal values, my goals and everything with their business, with their companies, who who this person is. Because I never wanted myself to, uh, for myself, my brand or anything that I was connected to, to be connected with something that I didn't value or someone that um, I didn't respect. So that was always the first general gist of the thing instead of, um, just write into every single company because um, that didn't uh, that sometimes would backfire, and then I'd like their social media. Like if they were even on Pinterest, I would go down all the way down to Pinterest and follow them. Uh, their Twitters, their Instagrams, their Facebooks, everything, and then I would start liking, um, liking on a basis, being one of the first, so that would repeatedly see my name uh whether I was reposting some of the things that they were posting about that I actually connected with not just for the sake of reposting bear in mind um whether it was sharing on Facebook or um putting them on my Instagram story and tagging them and making sure that people are aware that this is a brand that I love and I want to be affiliated with uh, so those were the first steps that I did in terms of building relationships. And then I introduced myself without asking for anything, because what a lot of girls don't realize is that when it comes to sponsorship, it's not a short game. It's for the long haul. And you want to build lasting relationships so that when you do another pageant, they will be like, you know what? You were amazing last time. I'd love to sponsor you again. And so the, this is what a lot of pageant girls fail to see when they're approaching businesses. They think that, oh, it's just going to be for this pageant. I don't have to worry about the next one yet. Um, so I'll just focus on this one. And then by the time I've introduced myself, I've been in their inboxes a few times. Uh, they know who I am. They know I'm a pageant girl without me having to ask for anything. By the time I've, I gathered up the courage, um, actually, that's the wrong word. By the time I'd established a, a relationship between us of even saying, hi, I love what you posted um, or I love what you said, especially now that we've got Clubhouse, if I've connected with them on Clubhouse, I'll be like, I love what you said about this and I list down what they actually said so that they know that I was paying attention um, they know that I was listening and they know that I specifically sought them out as well. Um, those were the uh, those were the simple steps that I took to build the relationships. 
it, it, it sounds so obvious, but it is quite scary the number of people that don't do that. Like the more often than not, Pageantland is hit up for sponsorship by people that don't even follow our Instagram account. Yeah, um, so is Big Two A Ladies. Yeah, and and same with um, collaborations. I'll get messages asking to do collaborations, and I'll go on their page, and I'm like, "But you've got nothing on your page to do with pageantry. Like, why would it? Why would we want to have collaborations um, when you're not not anything in the industry?" Now, we do believe at Pageantland about growing the industry, so there are certain accounts that that might be profitable with. Um, but from a business perspective um, and, and the build, looking into building relationships, um, I am going on and I'm, I'm doing this at a pretty basic level. So you can imagine how much a big, how much more a bigger company would do. Um, yeah. I'm going on to people's accounts. Um, I'm looking at their, their follower numbers, not for the numbers themselves, but how do they relate to their engagement? Um, mm-hmm. So your engagement is how people, how much people are commenting and liking on your posts. There are even some really fancy websites that you can even have paid subscriptions on that will give you better insights into people's accounts. But I'm not at that kind of level. Um, if the big companies will use those, though, to see who they want to work with. Um, but I can just go on and look at how many comments are on a post. Um, compared to the number of followers they've got. So is it likely that their follower numbers are real? That's quite a good indication. Yeah. Um, can be a good indication of, of fake followers or inactive followers. I'm not always saying they've been bought, um, but inactive followers um, and, and, and the engagement level is quite a quite an interesting uh, collaboration, for want of a better word. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I look at also the quality of those comments. If they're just a couple of emojis or half of them are DM us for collaboration. Um, oh, God. Yeah, those DM us for collaboration are, I get them a lot on my personal, um, which I don't, I don't actively grow my personal. So I'm probably got a few hashtags in there that maybe are attracting those kind of people. Um, so that's quite interesting to watch out for the hashtags used. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to jump down that rabbit hole today. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll look for not only the number of comments, but the quality of the comments. If it's just a couple of emojis, um, I don't really count them. Um, I want to look for actual, oh, this was really helpful. Or, oh, yes, you're such a nice person. Um, I loved your talk on X, Y, Z. You want a real conversation. You want real conversation, real engagement. And also looking if people are replying back to their their comments and engaging on those um, sort of is a good sight of how, how much they value their followers because if their followers feel valued, they're more likely to to buy in when they start promoting someone, be it me as a sponsor for example and um, the other thing I'm quite keen on checking is I'll go into the followers list and I'll look for those that um have very fake looking names no profile picture and um, often they can be a bit of a sign of bought followers or inactive accounts um I mean I even scroll through mine sometimes and the profile pictures vanished and they've actually changed their name to inactive account 4372 and I'll remove mm-hmm. them as a follower um and the interesting thing is, whenever I remove a load of followers, I seem to suddenly get the space gets filled very quickly by new ones. Um, so it is actually yes, because Instagram recognizes that you've that you've actually got active people. Um, 
when you've got inactive accounts, it actually harms your Instagram growth and engagement because what Instagram's algorithm does is that it shows your post um, to those inactive accounts. And when they don't um, interact, it doesn't share them further. It's, um, let's not jump down that rabbit hole too much because it's, yeah, it could go on forever, but we will do some more episodes around. <laughs> yeah. Social media changes so quickly as well. That's why I like working with, I'll do power hours, I'll do workshops with experts fairly regularly because mm-hmm. the information is always updating. And um, if you want a free option for that, then I really recommend joining Clubhouse, which we've already mentioned a couple of times, because there are a lot of social media experts that hold rooms on there that will give you the information for free. Um, I personally like investing in courses because I will commit and focus to the time um, in them, but I do still jump in and out of those rooms as well. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, but yeah, these are things to be aware that your um, your potential sponsor will be going and checking. And like I said, there are websites that will give them much more in-depth um, information about your sort of profile online. Um, so it... It's so hard to say, but it really doesn't matter about the, the overall numbers. If your audience isn't engaged, um, if, you've, if you can have like 80,000 followers, if you've got under 100 actual real comments on your post, that's low engagement. Like it's not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, do do consider that. Um, and I suppose that ties into like the being realistic bit that I want to touch on in a minute no actually let's jump to that I've got a list of questions and we're going to end up jumping around aren't we as the conversation flows but um I think yeah it is being realistic um about who you're going to when you are building those relationships probably spending loads of time investing when you've got like 500 followers and and a, a medium engagement rate trying to build a relationship with Lululemon probably not realistic um trying to build a relationship with a small independent that maybe has a shop on your local high street that you've been into the shop is going to be a much more a better way and I'm I'm very much in I don't want people to be limiting themselves but I also want them to be realistic and I think part of that is also recognizing that you will get turned down more than you will get accepted with sponsorship and that's okay everyone feels that but one of the things that I wanted to add with that um, to be realistic is also to be honest. Because one of the things that I find with a lot of pageant girls is that they overcommit themselves um, in what they want to promise the, um, the organizations or the people that they're approaching. Like, if I can only have X amount, I'll do A, B, C, D, and it's unrealistic and dishonest when you know that it will stretch yourself too thin. So be honest to say that you're you're aware of your brand um, as you as a pageant girl, that you've got uh, X amount of followers. You know that you're probably on social media actively promoting your stuff, let's say twice, three times a week. Um, you only ever do four stories and that's probably sharing the content and not creating your own active content and if that's the case be honest with your with your sponsors or change up your uh, your social media game and things like that because one of the things is that if you over promise and undersell 
it's guaranteed that company won't work with you again. And it's guaranteed that within you working with them within months, they can ask for their sponsorship money back because you're not fulfilling your end of the deal. They'll end up taking you to court. If you if you promise something for yeah. amount of money and you don't deliver, that's a legal matter and, and you need to be very careful about it. And I think that's where it comes in really nicely that you need to have a plan. You need to have a look at what you bring to the table. And now that might mean that your social media probably isn't very appealing to a sponsor. And so you say, obviously, outside of COVID times, I will come and attend your events. And I will come and be uh, the sparkling face at all your events. And and this also gets into different types of sponsorship. So for the last pageant I did, I didn't seek to have a, a pageant sponsor as such. It was very nice. I actually got an offer and got my dresses sponsored uh, by Stephanie James, but I didn't seek to have a sponsor. They offered. And um, the areas I chose to seek sponsorship was around the charity events that I wanted to do instead. Um, I ran a quiz night and the venue I hosted it at um, were sponsored that event they provided uh wine for part of the quiz night they provided the venue free of charge um and in return um i did uh my snow queen costume at christmas for them um i dressed up as the snow queen i read books to children obviously this wasn't this previous christmas it was the one before because heck you couldn't do anything this year um, but yeah I, I i so i was like well, what can i they're doing this for me um, yes, I publicised a really good event at their venue and people bought food that came to it and what have you. So that was part of them sponsoring me. But cherry on the top was that I went and did the story in the dressed as the Snow Queen. And then I actually did a carol singing um, for them as well. That then turned around to benefit me again because they then said I could have a charity bucket. So suddenly even my what I gave back to them became a little bit more for my charity because I had a charity bucket in front of me to do the carol singing. Um, so it's it, sponsorship doesn't necessarily need to be social media based. It doesn't necessarily need to be money based. Um, it can be swapping things around like that instead. Um, yeah, I, it is a bit more easier to do those things when COVID isn't in sort of <laughs> stepping on our toes around those kind of things. But if you've got a pageant that's not until next year, you can start speaking to sponsors around those kind of things instead um of what you can add um i mean let's let's face it if you're a teen or junior actually any age sod it being a teen or junior thing and you could say would you be interested in sponsoring my pageant and i'll come and help work in your shop for a couple of days a week like it's they might not be there are different ways of doing it that aren't just money side of things so be yeah. creative. Be creative, exactly. Um, don't just think of the standard basic. And I think also um, coming back to that being realistic thing as well, if you go to someone who basically serves the majority of the UK pageant industry, um, be it one of the because we have we have some a few very good pageant photographers in the UK, but there's still only a few of them. And they serve pretty much all of the the UK industry. Mm -hmm. they, they're not going to be able to sponsor a regional title holder very often, and that tends to only happen if there's a, a already a connection between the two people. So there there might be some family link, and um, they might actually work together or something like that. Like there's going to be some stronger link than them just saying, "Oh, 
of all the pageant girls that I have had um, connections with, I'm going to sponsor this one. Um, normally there's something bigger than they've just picked that person. So I think that's quite important to be aware of because sometimes you can see pageant girls with these amazing sponsors and you're like, oh, well, I'll ask that person for sponsorship. And then you get really annoyed at them when they turn you down. But actually the only reason they sponsored the other person is because they've been best friends for 20 years. Yeah, do your research. Mm -hmm. that is literally I think that is the one thing that I'd always emphasize to um to anyone looking for a sponsor it doesn't have to be just pageants in itself is that you have to do your research and when I say do your research I mean do they actually even sponsor and if they do what type of people do they uh, do they sponsor what do they do that you probably haven't incorporated into your pitch and research that and see if you can actually manage that yourself if they uh, sponsor if they do things for charity if they raise money or give away money things like that you should be aware of the of who they're giving money away to and like just said it's not always about uh, receiving anything monetary it could be a service so a makeup artist dresses um coaching uh, x amount of things that we as pageant girls need in the run-up to um to the finals and sometimes beyond the finals it's about being able to actually be like okay i know you offer this and because i need this because of x y and z i'll be able to do this for you for x y and z and one of the things that i always tell um pageant girls who approach me for for sponsorship is that in your if you're sending me an email I prefer emails by the way over over what's it called Instagram messaging DMs or Facebook inbox always chase up your email with that but don't initiate your your ask with with a direct message or a Facebook message is that in your email if you write to me that Hi, my name is X, Y, and Z, and I am competing in X, Y, and Z. Um, I was reaching across to you because I I want to be able to offer you A, B, C, D, E, F, G. In return for this, would you please sponsor me a dress or an hour's businesses, uh, business coaching session or personal development session? Um, one of the X, Y, and Z things that I actually do in or the equivalent value or monetary value always give the businesses a option so that if they cannot fulfill your first ask which is let's say oh can i can i please have 500 pounds if they can if they don't have that amount in their bank account to spare this is covid we have to be honest businesses have been struggling for some so if you say 500 pounds or can I have business uh, development, personal development, public speaking, whatever it is that business offers, ask for an equivalent amount of that because you're going to save yourself um, the the money in the long run because you would have uh, gotten a better service for it in exchange of the money. Because sometimes your dress will be costing more than what you're asking for in, in monetary value. And now you've got a dress, so it's something that you can cut out from your expenses. So this is something that I tell pageant girls all the time that they should 
realistically be aware of when they are also sending um, messages to those sponsors. And I think it's, um, like you said, with the, the making sure that you're not over committing um, is really do make sure that you know what is expected of you. If they've worked with a pageant girl before, they may have certain expectations that they're not voicing. So get it written down that they expect you to do X, Y, and Z. So you don't end up with a sponsor that is really miffed at you at the end because the previous girl they worked with Instagram storied about them every week, showed the products, came into the shop and like showed off all the dresses at like a couple of times a month. Um, whereas you actually live a bit too far away from the sponsor and you're not able to do that. Make sure that you're both on the same page when you start out um, so that you're, yeah, you're not kind of getting into this sort of dodgy area. Um, I think the other one is like listening to this episode is seek advice around sponsors. Um, I do see a lot of girls that are new into it. Send me this copy and paste message. Um, seek advice and then accept it when it's given. And I'll be like, I'm really sorry we don't sponsor. Here are a few tips that I would recommend. Um, and maybe 50% of the time I'll get a message back saying, oh, thank you very much. The other 50% of the time, <laughs> some really arsy reply um I've also known like RC mothers to then reply so they've let their daughters pitch sponsors in a really bad way and then the mums have got really arsy when this poor sponsor has turned around and said I'm really sorry I can't do it um yeah if, if your if your daughter um or son though we do have some males in pageantry but if your child can't handle sponsor rejection you need to be dealing with that bit for them um I mean, I would probably, well, with Felicity, I'd do it with her so that she's understanding the process. Um, but you know your child best. If you don't think that they're in a good place, and particularly because I know a lot of people do pageants to build confidence, this might be a step too far for the first year. You might need to go and do it for your child the first year and keep them out of the process. And then maybe when their confidence is built up a little bit, bring them into the process a bit further along. Um, but yeah, seek, seek advice, ask advice. In fact, that can be part of your building relationships. And um, particularly yeah. if it's a pageant vendor or a pageant supplier, um, is if you've gone and done um, a dress fitting somewhere and you've gone to, you've gone to a Kylie Rose boutique um, and you've tried on some dresses and you've asked sort of lots of questions because you need to pageantry, ask there. Say, oh, how, how do you deal with sponsors like how have you but uh, what sort of connections have you had with sponsored girls before I'd really like some advice and they yeah. might not be the right fit that year but they're going to remember that, that you were open to asking questions that you were opening to serve and I think that's what you've got to remember the sponsorship situation is a two-way street it's not just about them giving you something you are giving something back in return and I'm sorry, the UK industry is not big enough for you to say, oh, you're going to be featured on my pageant's website because the only <laughs> people looking at that are the other finalists and a lot of the other finalists don't yeah. do that. Um, so that's yeah. not enough of a, a lure in. Um, and again, um, I think that lead, links back to um, understanding the, the connections between people and their sponsors. Um, quite often if it's a sponsor that's very out there with regards to being connected to pageantry uh so um oh if one someone's sponsor is a like a a window installer 
the chances are that that's a family friend as opposed to like a genuine built responsorship link. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with that. But I just want people to be aware that you probably shouldn't just go and hit up your local window fitter that you have no relationship with just because someone else has had a window fitter as their sponsor. Um, it's about finding like links that work, which doesn't always need to be actual a pageant business. Um, it could be a crossover business. Like your business isn't pageantry, but it does have crossover. So yeah. With, with the right person it could be a good connection um so I guess you can get makeup artists that aren't specifically pageant makeup artists but there's crossover there um I've had a spa sponsor me once because they were like ah pageant girls they love a spa day we don't mind sponsoring a spa like not they didn't sponsor me a spa day they did let me use their gym a lot for free though which was nice um but they they saw value in having being promoted to the pageant community um, you have to sometimes guide them to see the crossover and the value and it's how to introduce uh, this is something that we've talked about if you follow our socials as well you would know this um, we've been trying to get new girls within the pageant industry and it's about showing them that there are so many crossovers between what you get out of pageantry to what you use in real life so your public speaking is something that you'll improve drastically when you do pageants so it's something that they they will want more of if they're in those uh, spheres in their own personal personal lives so it's about how how you attract new people within the industry that are not no, how do you attract people to the industry that are not within the industry? And it's about you also opening their eyes for that. Yes, there may not be many crossovers, but it's about how do you introduce new people to them? A new market also means new money for them, new business. And if you can do that the right way, even if they're not interested in pageantry themselves, it's a new window of opportunity for them to get a foothold in. So always attract and make that attraction as well. Because hmm. like um, we we kind of think of pageant dress sponsors as being the evening gowns and things, but you could have a really nice boutique on your high street and um, that sells dresses that'd be great for appearances, that sells dresses that'd be great for interview, that just sells nice clothes. Come on, let's be honest. Pageant girls like nice clothes. And, and hopefully, if you've been watching any of my platform stuff, you no longer want to buy from the awful fast fashion chains um, like H&M and Zara, and you'd rather go to some nice independent um, high street shop. And therefore, um, you'd be, it'd be a really great promotional platform for them to be exposed to the pageant community um, who like, yeah. love, like pretty clothes, but are also fairly ethical on the whole. Um, so uh, yeah, find the find the crossovers and explain the potential crossovers to your sponsors as well. I think is a really really good point. And um, like we touched on earlier, it's you will get more rejections than you will get acceptances. And um, and sometimes it's actually worth considering why do you really want a sponsor? And um, now we we talked about the financial side of things, and we've said about actually a lot of there are quite a few director's handbook type things that will say they, they call your entrance fee a sponsorship fee. 
Some do, some don't. I don't particularly like the term. I'm right in thinking you don't either. I do not like the term. No. I do not like the term whatsoever. So do be aware, that fee, you can just pay that. You don't need to have someone else pay it for you. That is totally fine as well. Um, there will be girls, like some um, some pageants, they will read out the sponsors on stage and they will just say sponsored by friends and family. Heck, you might even go, well, actually, I don't really want them saying that. So you might just reach out to a company you really love. So um, uh, blah, 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 blah. I love my eyelash lady. I have, uh, well, outside of COVID, um, I have permanent eyelash extensions because I don't like doing my makeup and I absolutely adore her. Um, so if one year I don't have a sponsor, um, I would just say to her, would you like to be my sponsor? It's just a thank you for being awesome over the years. Um, I, I don't actually need or want anything in return. I would just like to have you written down as my sponsor. You can just do that and just pay the money yourself and you can use it as a way to say thank you. And heck, I might do that one year and then two years later she does want to sponsor me because I've got some mega title <laughs> doing something awesome with it. Um, uh, probably not because I'm thinking of retiring fairly soon or at least taking a couple of years. <laughs> um, pageant land is The work. joys of retiring. Uh, yeah, and pageant land is enough work in itself and I love it but um, sometimes I wish I wasn't competing and part of the team because it's it's a lot people we need to do an episode on how much we actually do with pageant land because i don't think people have any idea how much work it takes to run this thing um anyway no i don't think they do but i've made retiring sound attractive to you haven't i (laughs) yeah you have very much so um so yeah i think really think about what why do you want a sponsor um i particularly in the uk industry would not recommend entering based on only being able to afford it if you get a sponsor yeah don't do that yeah don't only enter if you can afford to do it off your own back and you don't need to do it on crazy money you can hire dresses you can buy gorgeous secondhand dresses at tiny fractions of the price and you don't need to spend an absolute fortune but if you're not spending money you're probably gonna have to spend more time so it's time or money um or a mixture of both um, you can't get away with neither and and still manage to do it. But um, yeah, it's financial sponsorship and pageantry should be a bonus um, that maybe allows you to get not a requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a standard thing. And um, and yeah, like I said, do not feel bad if you don't have a sponsor at all. Like it's it doesn't make you any less of a contestant. It doesn't make you any less likely to win. Um, it does not matter um, whether you have a sponsor or not in in the kind of grand scheme of whether you will be a successful pageant lady. So please, please don't feel bad about it. Um, maybe you start nurturing those relationships and it just doesn't pay off in time for this pageant. It might pay off for a future pageant. So please don't feel like you have to have one. Um, yeah, think of sponsorship like pageantry itself. Out of how many girls would get rejected for the crown, as in you may not be successful your first time round, doesn't mean that you don't try again at a later date after you've got the experience, you've heard the no's and all the rejections are building you up for that. Yes. So don't take it as a setback and a personal as a personal attack on you. Just learn from it. Be better next time and go for it again. Um, or with a different uh, brand or the same person that you've asked because 
a no right now is not a no forever. So always keep that in mind. And they could have lots of girls asking for sponsorship or they may be overcommitted for this year because I know that for for myself I set my financials at the beginning of the year so uh, well I say at the beginning of the year at the beginning of the tax season which is April so if you're going to be asking me sometime in July the answer is probably always going to be no because my budget is going to be set um i may be able to offer a prize for a giveaway uh, that's something different um but if you ask me let's say in january february time you might get an answer that says yes because i'm already planning for the next financial year so also be aware of that that some businesses they may be saying no to you because they've already got their their budgets they don't have the freedom uh, to give anything to you at that moment in time so a no right now is not a no forever yeah a hundred percent um sorry I panicked that I was muted then because on clubhouse you mute when you're not speaking when I do podcasts now I panic that I've left it on mute um yes I think that is very very important there's um was two one little thing and then another main thing I want to do before we wrap up um yeah is a lot of us do get these messages that slide into our DMs or comment on our posts saying, DM us to do a collaboration or we'd love to sponsor you. And then when you actually speak to them, what they offer you is a, a small discount code or up to 50% sometimes, which can feel like a big discount code, um, offer you a discount code to buy their products and then you're meant to share it on your social media. That is not, that's not sponsorship. Yeah, that's not sponsorship. That's not a collaboration. That is a marketing ploy to get you to buy more product from them. So please be aware yeah. that is, that is what it is. And it might be that actually, because occasionally it's happened to me and I've gone, well, actually I was looking at their company and I did want to buy something and great. Now I've got a discount code, but I'm always very careful to read what am I committing myself to by using this discount code. Um, quite often they're just interested in your purchase. They don't really care with what you post afterwards. It's more about the fact that you're just going to have bought from them. Um, you might like the product and then buy again, but they will have made some money even with that 50 percent discount code they'll be making some money off of you um yeah. to, make it, to make it viable um because i will not promote a product i don't know is good so therefore neither would i yeah if it's the first time and and i would encourage other people not to you need to know a product is good that it works it doesn't fall apart after a month of use and um, i got a discount code for some gym kit and i was actually looking for some mummy and me matching gym wear um and it's really cute and we have enjoyed wearing it, but it doesn't wear for fitness. You can't, I, I can't train in it. It falls down and um, it um, bobbles. So we just kind of use it as fun loungewear and for some cute pictures, which is fine. Um, but it meant that I did not start promoting it as gym wear because I don't think it's the yeah. purpose. Um, so do make sure if you are using the code that you understand it's a marketing tactic and that you're not... Um, then then responsible for creating a certain amount of social media content around those items um, and then the, the last sort of thing that I wanted to discuss um is when I guess this probably should have been another episode but we'll touch on it briefly now because um we can circle back to it later um 
when pageants have sponsors themselves, um, it's quite nice for you to do a bit of promo around them. Now, you're not necessarily contracted to do it, um, but it can be a really good way of showing what a great sponsee, I don't know if that's a word, but we're going with it. Uh, what a great sponsee you could be in the future. Um, so say, um, I can't think of an example right now. Uh, Sprite. Um, no, that's a really bad example. I want to think, I'm trying to think of something healthy. <laughs> the Broccoli Company. I've made this company up. The Broccoli Company sponsors your pageant. You, during your run up to having the title, um, promote them in your posts. You talk about how great the Broccoli Company is. You buy some food parcels from the Broccoli Company and you show videos of you and your family enjoying it. Um, like you think it's great and, and only do this if you actually like the product, obviously. I hope that goes without saying. But you've done some great posts around the Broccoli Company, even though they're not officially your sponsor yet. They're the sponsor of your system. You then win the title. You get your free 10 boxes from the broccoli company and you go again you promote it really really well you share loads and loads of pictures that could lead to a proper deal that could lead to yes. a proper sponsorship deal and um, that's kind of like best case result is that company then does it and um, but not only that it means that that company is most likely to sponsor that pageant again because they know that their contestants are willing to uh, to support the sponsors. Um, whereas if none of the pageant girls actually support them in the lead up to, to the finals, they're like, actually, we're not benefiting from, from this whatsoever. Um, and even if their quins win and then they do something with that company, that's something different. But in the in the year, in the lead up to it, they also want to see engagement from that uh, from their finalists uh, as to let's highlight these companies because we'd like to also work with them in the future. So they'll be most likely to come back year after year to sponsor those pageants. Um, and it, they will also talk positively to other to their business um, business friends, colleagues, um, to actually be willing to sponsor finalists themselves, if not the pageant system. I there are some systems that have it kind of built in as part of your contestant policy that you'll promote those things. And while I don't like being told what to do, um, part of it is that I would do that anyway. If my system actively lets me know who the sponsors are, um, then I'm quite, and they're they're brands that align with me, then I'll actively I do see some systems don't actively um, tell you who the sponsors are until you actually win. And I think that yeah. they're missing out. They're missing out on girls that want to sort of show what great sponsees. I must look up if that's an actual word, but we're going with it. Um, the girls that want to show that they're great sponsees or potential and um, like brand collaboration opportunities um, by setting the example. And that's the other thing is that while the broccoli company might not then go on to sponsor you, the pear company has been watching what you're doing. And they now contact you and say, I saw what a great job you did with the broccoli company. We'd really like to set up a collaboration with you. So it's it's kind of it's yeah. like work experience. It's like work experience for particularly, I know there's a lot of girls in the industry that want to go on to become influencers, whatever that is. I'm not a fan of that term, um, but I'm 
they do want to go on off and become influencers so look at it as yeah work experience so that you can go to the next company and say this is how i worked with my pageant sponsor and this is the they got great results great feedback these are the kind of comments i got on those posts here's an example of what i can do for you and yeah i think that's quite important but i do think if you're passionate about your system, let alone passionate about the pageant industry, you should want it to grow and flourish because there's that saying, if it's not growing, it's dying. Um, That's true. <laughs> we want it to be growing. And part of what can make our industry grow because it's what's worked in other countries is more external sponsorship. Yeah, more sponsors mm-hmm. coming in offer prizes, more sponsors coming in to support and promote the girls. Um, promotion is a way of sponsoring. And you could go to a brand and say, would you be interested in being my sponsor? I don't need any money, but I need some promotion on your social media platforms. And heck, that could be more valuable than any money they could give you. And but same system. So if you're a director listening to this, um, then I really would recommend (laughs) having a look at how you ask or encourage doesn't necessarily need to be forced upon girls get them to promote sponsors because i bet if you opened up that conversation with your contestants they there would be a fair few in there that would be willing to do it they just hadn't thought about it themselves um yeah because it hasn't been brought up it isn't it isn't a normal thing and a common thing i'm getting those words mixed up again it isn't a common thing but maybe it should be a normal thing and so open like make some suggestions and say if you would like to show some love for our sponsors here's some ways in which you could do it and i mean we talk about it a lot in pageantry how you pageantry teaches us all these amazing skills and i'm like well it can pageantry can do all these amazing skills just entering a pageant and competing on stage will not necessarily teach you anything new however you actively pursue the skills around pageantry that's where the magic happens and that's an extra (laughs) and i'm sorry i've gone on on a bit with this one and have you got anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up no i think we've covered it all honestly just as a, a recap it's about being honest about what you can and cannot do it's about researching your your potential sponsors um and also when it comes to reaching out reach out to them via email and then you can chase up on their social medias because i can tell you now everything that comes in my request inbox i'd probably check it once a month i don't check it that often and especially if you're not following me it will fall into the requested inbox which also indicates to that you're not serious about this you're not building the connections um uh, third point build the connections uh don't just be an inactive player in in this sponsorship game uh follow the socials follow what they're into um be active give them shout outs um tag them in in things and also start get to start talking to them um see if they're also on clubhouse uh, just as a reminder we run a clubhouse room on thursday so if you do need an invitation just hit us up for it um 
but listen to what they've got to say and then engage on that to say, actually, what I agree with what you've said because of A, B, C, D, or I disagree. Build engagement um, and communication uh, airways uh, so that people know that you, you're not just there for what you can get, you're also there for what you can give. And th- that is the most important, important thing. Uh, about sponsorships it, it's a two-way street it's about what you can get but more importantly it's about what you can give because by us giving more within the industry we're able to receive uh, more as well and people are most likely to stick around so yeah those are my top tips this has definitely reminded me that we need to do an episode around getting featured and how you work with with brands just just to be featured. So yeah. moving the sponsorship element because I think there's a lot of crossover between the two episodes. So um, yes, we will have to do that one soon as well. Um, thank you so much for being here. And um, as always, uh, where can we find you on social media? Uh, on my personal well I'm on everything um, but you can find me under um, miss underscore Felicia B or for my businesses you can find me under B2A underscore ladies and that is on Instagram our Facebook page our uh, Facebook group uh, in, uh, Twitter and Pinterest LinkedIn everything it's under the same um, hashtag underscore username same thing and obviously felicia is part of the pageant land team um at the time of recording this we are now a 10 member team strong um so it does it does take a village to run this baby um and i think we probably will do an episode next season about everything that we've been doing in the background and our sort of future plans and things because um I do think it's quite important to share um it's nothing else from a realistic point of view. yeah because uh, we've um we do put a lot of work into this and I think people come along and think it's it's like an easy peasy little thing but I am probably spending a good 30 hours a week around my work my daughter my own training <laughs> to, to fit this in like I don't stop but I love it and um, and I love all that it adds and I love all the amazing feedback we get from people. So um, do make sure you're coming and following and liking us on social media um, because we do loads of other things beside this podcast. We have video interviews on our Facebook. We have a YouTube channel. We have the Clubhouse Room. We often do interviews on our Instagram as well. And we will be stepping that bit of the, the side of Pageant Land up even more. Um, so if you want to get featured on things, Make sure you are following us on Facebook and Instagram first, because those that follow us and support the brand um, will get bumped up the list because that's just how it works. Um, but then you need to go to pageantland.online forward slash get involved. And we have a full list of all the ways that you can get involved and get featured here on Pageantland. We are here to promote and support the UK pageant contestants and the UK pageant industry as a whole. So if you are a director or supplier and you feel like we can help you out in any way, please do reach out too. We are here to serve you. And um, thank you so much for listening and, and we will see you again soon. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. 
please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.